My sister, Lori Vallow, murdered her children, Tylee and JJ, and buried them in a pet cemetery. And we're all trying to make sense of it. So let's talk about it. Welcome back to our second episode of uh, Tylee and JJ's Silver Linings. You know, we we mentioned in the first one that um, we're doing this for a reason. And we were just talking off air about this. This is actually therapy because anybody who's been through what, what our family has been through, you need therapy and everybody, you know, you can go to a therapist or you can, what, how are you deal with, you know, being therapeutically enhanced? I think at least uncle Rex and I are feeling that doing this podcast is helping us a little bit with the therapy and right. The therapy is tremendous. Yeah. Um, we talk a lot in my, in my immediate family, we talk things through. I went to the trial with three of my daughters so we could have each other to just talk through what we heard every day. And that's what we did. We went back, we'd rented a Verbo, and we sat in the living room and just talked through what we um, what we had witnessed, what we had experienced that day. That was great therapy. And I am all for people going to therapists and my family and me. I haven't yet, but I need to. <laughs> I think it, whichever, however you find therapy, that's a good point. However you find it. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast. The other reason is because this this case has affected millions of people all over the world who has been, you know, have an opinion about what happened with this or trying to make sense about mm -hmm. what happened. How could this possibly be? How could somebody kill their children or how could somebody be involved in this crazy scheme of, you know, all the things that when we peel back this onion that we've been talking about in the first episode – there's so many pieces to this onion, and it's, it's like you said, it's a, there's a lot of different things that this is about. So we're going to try to make sense of it all. This On this episode, we are going to talk about kind of my family dy dynamics, about you know all the things that w we've been going through with Lori and what Lori went through. But before we do that, I wanted you to give us one of your analogies that I love. And that analogy is, is uh, from an old Cherokee Indian story. Now, we're talking about what's going on with the voices inside Lori's head. And clearly, we don't know. In fact, all of those points that Adam made about what we're looking for, we will not have a definitive answer for that, will we? No. We have our own best guess. We want to help you with y'all's best guess. I'm from Texas. I can say y'all. Yep. So that's what we're doing here. Um but it has to do with the battle in each of us. And I like this Cherokee fable, this American Indian story, because I don't like talking good and evil that much because people get lost in that and they have different definitions and values of what's good, what's evil. So I like to put it in this context. An old Cherokee uh, was teaching his grandson. He said... I have a battle going on inside of me, and it's a terrible battle. It's between a black wolf and a white wolf. And the black wolf represents things that are evil. There are some good parts to it, but it's what's evil in our life. And the battle rages all the time. The white wolf represents what's good, what's pure, and it helps me serve other people, get outside of myself. See, the black wolf is what myself wants, what's my natural self wants, all the 
ego, the appetites, the impulses. And the, and the white wolf is saying, let's balance this with how you can serve other people because that will get you what you really want. So the two wolves battle constantly. And the grandfather said, this battle goes on inside of you also. And the grandson thought about it and said, which wolf will win? Now, at this point, I need to insert my own um, experience here. When I first heard this fable, and up until yesterday, when I looked it up preparing for the podcast, yeah. the fable ended there when the grandfather said, well, it depends on which wolf you feed. That is not the version I got when I, when I researched this. The version I, in the version I got, the grandfather said, well, you want them both to win, so you feed both of them. You, you need the traits that are inherent in your human experience that cause those evil thoughts because they also bring some good things, some power um, along with them. You need those in your life, so you don't want the black wolf to starve to death, so you need to feed the black wolf appropriately, and you need to feed the white wolf. If you don't feed the black wolf and only feed the white wolf, the black wolf will be waiting around the corner for its chance to steal something, to steal some food or to attack the, the white wolf. I don't know, but maybe that's what happened with Lori. She got on such a path that was so spiritually focused, maybe that left her open to the black wolf, as, as this yeah. analogy explains. But anyway, the point being... The Cherokee way, the grandfather explained, was to find internal peace. And you find that when you feed them each appropriately and you balance your life. And so we want to talk more about that, but we're going to use this analogy a lot of the black wolf and the white wolf. Mm -hmm. So we can talk about the battle that goes on in all of us because we all have it. Fortunately, there are so few people that allow the black wolf to do what Lori allowed her black wolf to do. Right. Fortunately, we aren't, we aren't saying everyone's going to end up like that if right. they aren't careful. They could, but few people have it go that far. But you'll hear that reference a lot as we continue on in these podcasts. And as we talk about, you know, voices in Lori's head or people are like, is Lori mentally uh, ill? I would say she has to have some form of mental illness. I'm sure a lot of people do. Um, is that an excuse to make the decisions that she made? And I just, I feel like everybody has the decisions to make in your life. So let me just take you back to just a little bit about our family and Lori growing up and then to where she ended up. Can I add before to what that. you say before yes. you jump into that? Because that's such an important point. Obviously, there is mental illness involved. I think the psychiatrist in Lori's case call it a delusion disorder. Yeah. And I looked up delusion disorder, describes her very well. So okay. I'm sure that's a good diagnosis. However, it describes most all of us also. Really? <laughs> well, we all, don't we, when, with these voices inside our head and yeah. the battle that ensues, don't we all make room for the things that we know we shouldn't want, but... We just want them. Yeah. That's called cognitive dissonance. We adjust our life so we can accept our favorite, whatever dark, dark wolf off offering there is. Right. And we, 
and we readjust the rest of our life so it can be a part of us. Think of a time, maybe not everyone has had this experience, but I have. You get in a relationship and people around you are shaking their heads saying, dude, come on. What are you doing? What are you doing with this woman? How are you not seeing what we're seeing? Exactly. And I've I've had that experience myself. Okay. But the we get in there and what whatever we want out of that relationship Look, causes us I, I'm to blocking, make room. I'm blocking all this out because I want this right now. Exactly. And I don't care what the cost is, I'm blocking all this out. Okay, so that's a great example of what we're talking about, this cognitive dissonance and allows us to keep hold of our favorite sins, our favorite weaknesses or faults, and to make the world okay around it. And so I think a whole lot of that went into play. And the other factor I want to say to to, uh, emphasize, once again, the point you made of whatever that mental illness is, is not an excuse for what you did. However you come to terms with what Lori did with her kids, there is not an excuse. Right. So people have asked, well, do you think she was just brainwashed by Chad or drugged by say, Chad? I've heard Chad drug her. I've heard all kinds of things. And both ways. How about right. Chad was brainwashed by, by her? Lori. Maybe. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We have our own theories and we share them during yeah. the podcast. But the point we want to get across is she is still accountable. Chad is still accountable, as we all are, for the decisions we make. But these horrific crimes that they committed, these murders that they committed and had committed, do not—there's no excuse for them. Right. And so we want justice for the victims. Uh, when we did introductions in the last podcast— I like to say that I'm Tylee and JJ's great uncle. Mm-hmm. In our family, we shorten that to Grunkle. Yeah. I'm Tylee and JJ's Grunkle. Yes, I'm also Lori's uncle. I don't try to disavow that. Right. Not a distant relative. We were all close mm-hmm. growing up. Right. And I don't disavow any of that. I know I look like Alex, the family <laughs> people, assassin. People okay. said that. Yeah. I'll take the hit for that. Yeah. Um, so we are. The point being, we are still accountable for our individual actions. Yeah. So with that being said, let's talk about some of these things that, you know, I, I witnessed growing up with with Lori. Um, in our family, you know, we had a lot of fun. We made fun a lot. We joked around a lot. There was a lot of, you know, really, really good times in our family. Um, and we just, we laughed at a lot of things. Uh, and I appreciated that. You know, growing up, being able to, because I know there's some other family members that maybe their houses were a little bit more strict. And when their kids became 18, they went off and just got out of the house as soon as possible. So I think everybody has a different experience when you grow up with who you grow up with and all that stuff. But like Rex said, once you become an adult, we're all accountable for ourselves. We make our own decisions. Well, what kind of person was Lori before this? And she was a fun little girl, you know, sister growing up. Um, she did have an episode maybe when she was younger. She's, uh, when she got baptized, she really took the church very seriously and she really loved Jesus. And I remember one time, cause we would get in fights in our family and then summer, our, our younger sister, summer and Lori were out in the front yard one time where they were out roller skating. And summer's known to like claw and scratch and 
kind of, you know, be mean. So still, uh, no, not anymore. Summer's okay. out. Summer's <laughs> outgrown that. But they were all in the. We were on the uh, on the grass one Saturday afternoon. And Summer and Lori were going to fight. And, of course, there I was standing there going, all right, what's going to, why are you guys fighting? What's happening? And Lori goes, no, I, I, it's going to be okay. And she says, Summer, if you want to punch me or slap me in the face, all I'm going to do is turn the other cheek and let you slap and punch the other face, just like Jesus said. Lori said that just like that. In my mind, I was like, where's this coming from? Because up to this point... You know that you know that those things weren't weren't being said, um, and so Summer took her up on it, and Summer, <laughs> S- Summer slapped her face so hard, and Lori just started crying, and I felt terrible, and I'm standing there, and and I was like, what do I do at this point? So. Lori turned the other way, and I thought Summer would stop and feel bad, <laughs> and Summer slapped her other face, and Lori's just sitting there bawling, and then she ended up running off, leaving. <laughs> she, she learned from Jesus, turned the other cheek, but when you actually experienced that... <laughs> It's probably it's it didn't feel the same way. I hadn't heard that story before. Why am I not surprised? Oh yeah, well, this is summer. The same little when she was two years old, flipped me off one time because <laughs> she got mad. She was two. <laughs> so, anyways, we had fun in our family, um, and so. But when Lori was growing up, and, and I always thought this, you know, she ended up being a cheerleader. And Summer and Lori were younger than me and Stacy and Alex. Me, Stacy, and Alex were all around the same age. And then when once I was the last one to leave. It was just Summer and Lori there. And Lori was going to high school and I think she got, you know, caught up maybe with the wrong group. And sometimes you hear people talking about if you hang out with the wrong people, you are going to turn out like the people you're hanging out with. And I've heard that from several people. Well, I think Lori hung out with a couple of groups that maybe did some drugs and did things that, you know, weren't the best for her. And she ended up getting married out of high school to a, a kid that I think, I don't know if he was a drug dealer, a drug user or whatever, but he got Lori doing some drugs with them and they ended up getting married. Well, when they got married, my mom and dad were like appalled by this. And my dad was like, you're not marrying him. And she says, not only am I marrying him, I married him and we moved out. Well, my dad was trying to, you know, get Lori back and Lori put a restraining order on my mom and dad that they could not talk to her. And then I remember I was so mad at Lori. And I remember my mom calling my mom is like, my mom is like, well, I leave the anytime Lori wants to call and talk to me, I'll talk to her. I'm not going to close the door on her. So my mom left that open for her. So when Lori needed an escape from where she was, she would call my mom and my mom was there. And I was like, don't talk to her. She, she put a restraining order on you. Why are you talking to her? And she did. And Lori ended up leaving that situation and divorcing or annulling or getting out of that marriage really fast. Um, and then I moved to Texas. Lori ended up moving to Texas. She says, can I come live with you? And I was like, sure. I got two bedrooms. So Lori moved to Texas. I was on the radio there young. I had, you know, two bedroom apartment. She ended up getting a job before she became a hairdresser working at Chess King in the mall. You guys remember the mall in Chess King? Wait, 
since you're telling all that, what was your name on the radio back then? Uh, that was uh, Austin, Texas. I think my radio name was Bo Nasty. Bo Nasty. And I actually, okay, go I, on. And I wrote a book about that. You can read that too. <laughs> Anyways, so Lori lives with me. She meets a guy at Chess King. Ends up, I come home from work one day. He's in the house. She's in the house. She says, this is Will. He's going to live with us. He looked at me and said, hey, don't worry about anything. I got food. I'll get the food. <laughs> First of all, I don't know you. You look like a mess. I was just like, in my mind, I'm like, why did she think it's okay in her mind, her decision making, that it would be okay for him to come live with her in a room that I'm letting her stay in? So I said, you guys aren't, Lori, you can't stay here with him. And they, that night, got their stuff, and they they left. They moved out. Lori ended up marrying him, having a child with him. Then he beat her up, and she got out of that marriage. That's Colby, the child. Colby was this the was, child. This yeah. was Colby's dad. So then uh, later, she ended up marrying a guy named Joe, which we've talked about. And um, she was a hairdresser, and then she accused Joe of molesting her, Colby, and her their daughter, Tylee, which we are going to talk about, Tylee. Mm-hmm. Then she ended up, uh, after divorcing him, marrying Charles. And then Alex, my brother, ended up shooting and killing Charles, which we'll talk about in another episode. Then apparently she met Chad Daybell and married Chad Daybell. Um, You said then she met Chad Daybell. Didn't she meet Chad before he was killed? Oh, well, yeah, they met before. So, yeah. but I mean, I haven't gone, we haven't gone through any of that, but so right. you're just giving an overview. I'm just giving an overview for people who maybe have just tuned in and they don't know anything about my family or the situation or Lori or anything like that. I'm giving a pre Lori before I'm just getting ready to jump into where I feel like Lori went from normal to, you know, maybe out in the clouds. Somewhere. Psycho Lori. Psycho Lori. Yeah. So with all that being said. Um, I lost my train of thought. Where am I Sorry. going? <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, with, with Lori marrying Charles, everything was going great for 10 years. And people ask me that all the time. Mm-hmm. How, would, how would you describe Lori and Charles' marriage? And I was like, every time I was around them, it seemed normal. Now, with me, uh, our family, it seemed like everybody lived by each other except for me. I was always doing a radio show in another city, doing something. I was like, I was never the the brother or the sibling that lived together. Mm-hmm. Like once I moved out of California, we all grew up in Southern California. Everybody moved to Texas. And then after everybody left Texas, they moved to Arizona. And it just seemed like Alex, Lori, Summer, all, you know, made that whole round. Um, and I was always out doing radio jobs and living different places and living my life. But I would come back for all vacations mm-hmm. and seeing them. And it seemed like we talked about this in the previous uh, podcast that Lori would like to have people at her house always invite me. You stay at my house. We're coming to, we're doing everything at my house. We're, you know, she loved mm-hmm. to plan and do all that stuff. So with Lori and Charles, I felt like they had a good marriage. It's, they seemed happy. Um, they were there was an age difference, which I didn't think even mattered to either one of them. Right. Um, but I th- there was a part towards the end of their marriage where Lori started to get into this. I'm 
more intelligent. I'm more spiritual. I've outgrown you, Charles. You are still here, and I'm way up here. And to, to be with me, you're going to have to do a lot of studying and doing all these things. Or, or It just feels like she started pulling away spiritually than where Charles was. Spiritually and by her description. Her description of, dis- of right. spiritually, right. So with that being said, I think that is when Lori decided um, that you know she wanted somebody different maybe because Charles wasn't going along the, fa- the fast pace spiritually, this road that she was going. So I feel that was the very first part of her changing and, and, and things started breaking down between her and Charles. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. That's from what I saw. That's one from what I feel. Um, and then later on, I know um, she accused Charles of having an affair, which actually she ended up was having an affair with Chad. She uh, said that, you know, Charles was trying to kill her. Where literally she was trying to kill Charles. Everything Lori started to say was happening to her, she was actually doing those things. Um, and that, so, yeah, that insight um, was key for other, the, the other members of the family like me, where we would then go back and look at other stories she told. So I'm not quite sure about any of the stories she told about previous husbands, Joe Ryan, for example. Right. Um, I'm, we aren't as concerned with with uh, Will, Will and Julia and, yeah. here, but but it makes you wonder. Okay, so what other times was she gaslighting? Yeah, you know what other stories weren't true. And I did some research with Joe Ryan, and it raised a lot of new questions mm-hmm. for another podcast. Yeah, of course. It, uh, yes, <laughs> but the, but this this is where Lori is turning into kind of psycho, where she's left you know, regular. And I think anybody, like I mentioned in the last podcast, if you're spending eight hours a day doing things spiritually and look, I know spiritual is a huge part of life, praying and meditating and doing all the things you're supposed to be doing. There is a, there is definitely room for that in a day, but when you're doing eight hours of it and you feel like you are a goddess or you feel like, you know, you're a person that people should ask questions to about spiritual things and things. Then you're, you know, you've gone down that road. And I think that was the road she went down and she got involved with these people, the podcasters and the Julie Rose people and, and people, I don't know any of those other people that nothing wrong with podcasters. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But the material that podcasters use sometimes. Okay. okay, I'll go with that. So anyways, so with Lori do, going down that road, I feel like she just kept getting more momentum. It's like a, a snowball starts off this big and you start rolling mm-hmm. it in the snow and you can have a huge snowball at the end. And I think that was her path. She just kept on picking up different stuff and different stuff and different stuff and wanting to convince people that she was right about all these things. The end of the world's coming. What day is that? It's going to be on this day. There's going to be call outs. You're going to have to do this. Food storage was a huge thing. You got to go get all this food storage. You got to get water. You got to, you know, all these. She just kept on with every every moment was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Let's be clear about this also. There's nothing wrong with food storage. There's nothing wrong with going to the meetings they went to, the prepare people and people that choose to 
prepare and even people that believe the second coming is is imminent you know that's that's biblical the first people that caused problems because they thought the second coming was coming was back in the days of the apostle paul you can read that in the bible i'm not kidding because when the when jesus went to heaven in the christian according to the christian scriptures when jesus went to heaven heaven there are two angels that said he he's coming back and from that point on, people started saying, okay, it's he's, imminent. He's coming back. Right. And we've thought that for a couple thousand years. The Apostle Paul said, not so fast. That's not going to happen until, and yeah. you know, there's scripture on that. So we aren't saying there's anything wrong with any of that. It's you're pointing out the extreme yeah. to which she went. She went very extreme with that. I even seen there's people on TikTok right now that have their own things. Like, hey, then the world's coming here and there. And I I was like, do they know Lori and Chad? Or who, <laughs> who are these people that are claiming the same things that Lori and Chad? Like, that's pretty scary. Can I, can I add something to that? Yeah. Um, the first I really heard about this, I'd heard Lori stop communicating with her mom. And the reason I heard about it is Charles sent out, and this came out in court, Charles sent out to family members asking for help. I received those emails, said, Lori is losing it. She is talking about things that are crazy, and he um, included some attachments to the things that now for the people that know this story and followed it in court, they're familiar with these documents, but Mm -hmm. just for the people that maybe weren't following it then... They were talking in these documents about who's light and who's dark, and there's a grading system for them. And they were talking about prominent people, this person's light, this person's dark. When I read that, I knew it didn't come from Charles, (laughs) that Charles wasn't kidding, that he got this from Lori. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I knew that is because that wasn't Charles' thing in life, to study that kind of stuff. Not at all. But also because I saw this back in 1990. And that era they're about. It seems like in every generation, there is a group that does this. And as I found out more after that, I realized, good heavens, in Chad's books, what the little I read in there, because I couldn't read much because it, whatever. Yeah. Um, Wasn't that great? Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, well, I've written book two, and mine aren't that great, probably, <laughs> so it's tough for me to call the kettle black. Yeah. But um, when I uh, I read his stuff, some of it he just flat out copied from the group back in the ni- in 1990 that was doing the same thing. Mm. They were saying the same things, the visions they reported to have. Chad copied them, and I looked back on those back in 1990. I thought. They may have copied them from someone else. Right. I mean, why say copy, you know, the defense is going to be, well, everyone sees the same vision. No, this is talking about putting timelines on it, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the details are the same. So it's not it's not because it's the same source of the vision. It's because someone's plagiarizing, you know, right. flat out plagiarizing. And so this this is consistent with people, but that's it was the same group, same story, same justification, same desire to feel important and to be more important than religious leaders or other people of note, and they want everyone to pay attention to them. Yeah. This is not a new story. Yeah, so with that, with Lori's change um, and turning into listening to what Chad had to say, 
going on with what Julie Rowe had to say and all these other podcasters. Then she was trying to get, convince other people of the same thing. And, you know, there's a whole thing where they were trying to convince people that, you know, they were the 144,000 that were supposed to collect people and they're supposed to grab all these people and be together. There's a whole thing, light spirits, dark spirits, and you had a number by your spirit. Then we found out that there were zombies that had to be killed. And before Charles was killed, um, Lori was convinced that um, Charles was a zombie named Ned somebody. And uh, I remember the first time that came out, Lori had said that to, in front of Alex, and Alex laughed at her. It's like, what? She's like, yeah, I can even tell Charles is even shorter than normal. And there's a there's a spirit named Ned, a zombie spirit that Charles is dead. The, the zombie spirit is inside Charles's body. And Alex started laughing. Well, lo and behold, two weeks later, you talk to Alex and he's 100 percent in at what he just laughed at two weeks later. And I'm like. Wait, you were laughing at her like the rest of us, and now you're buying that? Adam is setting up our next podcast, which is about Alex <laughs> yes. and that conversion. Good job, Adam. <laughs> yes, I am. Because the next podcast that we talk about is going to be my brother Alex got mixed up with Lori and Chad, convinced that they were gods or... God's messengers or God's more, instruments. More important than anybody else on earth. Mm -hmm. And he believed it full heartedly that they were it. And the reasons he believed it, I believe, well, I'll share with you in the next podcast, but I feel like you'll understand once you understand a little bit about Alex's life and the way that he grew up and then the way things that he did and went about things. I think this was an easy way out for him. Mm -hmm. That's just my opinion of a brother looking out at another brother and a sister and that going on. So that's, that's the next episode. And that's why people are listening to the podcast because they want that insight. I yeah. love that insight. I heard things. I heard a couple of those stories I hadn't heard before. So yeah, I appreciate that. The insight. I appreciate the comments we're getting from people. Keep those coming. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for uh, listening or watching and uh, we will actually talk to you next time. This has been Tylee and JJ's Silver Linings Podcast. Your input is helping us make sense of this. We encourage your comments on our Facebook page or email Tylee and JJ's Silver Linings at gmail.com. This has been a production from a podcast studio.